0: Romans chapter 8 again, page 1757 in the Bench Bibles. Beginning the reading at verse 18 and continuing through verse 25. Same verse as we read this morning, but different text. Romans 8, beginning at verse 18 then. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing Of God, We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. And then the next verse and verse 25 are our text. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. These the very words of God. I've had the privilege lately of doing in retirement, what I did as a student, reading through Martin Lloyd-Jones, great preacher and my favorite, on Romans, and enjoying every minute of it. And in chapter 8, when I came to the verses you just heard about hope, I became very well aware that in 40 years of ministry, 5,000-plus sermons, almost six, I have never been happy when I preached on hope. The Bible mentions hope a lot. And there was always something I didn't understand and didn't get. And I think this time I got it. And I hope I can share it with you this evening. What we're going to do here is look at Romans 8. 24, our subject is Christian hope, and I'll present the text in four points, the first and second, the longest. The first is a negative point. Don't base your hope on feelings. The second is base your hope on facts, and then the third will be more briefly, if we base our hope on feelings, we could end up hopeless. But if we base, our the fourth is if we base our hope on facts, we will end up with genuine Christian hope. So, So hopefully that will be a helpful way to open up the text. Let's get into it. The first is do not base your hope on feelings. The thing that I finally got through after all these years of ministry and preaching, including on the subject of hope, is that the word hope has changed meaning from Bible times to our times. And those are the hardest texts when a word has changed meaning to understand. And, and that I never got that point until recently. So the, the, the point that finally came through to me is that in our times, people tend to define hope in terms of a feeling. They define a lot else in terms of a feeling, too. But in the Bible, hope is not based on human feeling, but on God's facts. And when I understood that, Romans 8, 24 opened up. Now, in order to explain that, let me illustrate for you. The first point, remember, is don't base your hope on feeling. John F. Kennedy, Jr., and his wife, Carolyn Bessett Kennedy, and sister-in-law, Lauren Bessett, on July 16, 1999, crashed Kennedy's single-engine aircraft into the Atlantic Ocean some seven miles from the shore where he was flying the airplane over a 30-mile expanse of water to land for a family gathering. The flight data recorder was recovered, was played. The flight data recorder showed erratic descent maneuvers uh, of between 400 and 800 feet per minute before the dive and crash into the ocean. Experienced pilots immediately recognized what they were almost sure happened with this wobbling and tortured confusion. Kennedy was not licensed to operate a plane uh, with the instruments, and he did not know how to work the instruments. The night of the crash, all other pilots, without exception in the area, reported that there was only one problem, no wind, no weather problems, nothing, except that there was fog and haze, so that you could not see the horizon. And the experienced pilots said, here's what almost for sure happens. When you fly by sight, not instruments, you need that horizon. But if you lose the horizon, what happens is you can turn the plane slightly up or down, and then your mind compensates as if the plane were flying level. And when you turn a little more, up or down, your mind compensates again. You have no horizon. You're stuck with your feelings, and those feelings are unreliable. And when you see the pattern of someone without instrument training or ability to use the instruments, they cannot do what we all are taught in flight school, trust your instruments, Do not put your hope in your feelings. And the increasingly erratic movements and dive into the Pacific sounded very, very much like what those pilots were describing, flying on your feelings and crashing. Now, well, what's the point? The point is we must not trust our feelings, of course, and we must not put our hope in our feelings. But the word hope has come to be reduced to a feeling word. I looked up the word in the American Heritage Dictionary, which defines hope as the feeling that events will turn out for the best. Now, what a sad sack definition. It's partial. Partial. And both parts really are sort of wrong. Hope, at least not Christian hope, is not a mere feeling. It's more than mere feeling. And Christian hope doesn't operate in the sphere that all things will turn out for the best. But that the God on whom our hope is based will himself turn out things for the best of his people. Now there's a big difference there. Maybe you're picking it up, probably you are. But the illustration is meant to help you to see that if the only horizon we have is existential, this existence and secular, the secular is all there is or all that means anything, and we base our feelings only on flat earth below and nothing else, and hope, we lose what we need to have, God, and the result can be that we crash, see? And so back to where i started the word hope is so much a feeling word in our time i was so well aware that if we base our hope on feelings human feeling we might end up in hopelessness and that's not good so realizing that much i read romans 8 verse 24 again And focused on that word hope. And Christian hope. And so having finished the first point. The negative point. Don't base your hope on mere human feelings. We'll move on to the second point. Which is base your hopes on facts. Now listen again to Romans 8.24. These words. For in this hope, probably should stop here with the translation matter. I don't know if some of you like me learned Romans 8 from the King James, but the King James version of Romans eight twenty four is we're saved by hope. Now, that's not a good translation. We're not saved by hope. We're saved by faith. You know that. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. For by grace you've been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. So what we have here in front of us in this translation, for in this hope we were saved, what you want to do is... Go back and see what God-given facts give you the grounds or basis for hope. Faith and hope are indeed closely related. There's no doubt about that. And sometimes the words are almost used as if they were synonyms or meant the same. But I think there's a little difference between the two words that we should be well aware of. We're saved by faith. And our faith gives us a good basis for hope so that if we have salvation, well, let's start with the negative. If we don't have salvation by faith, we have no good basis for our hope, including a feeling of hope. But if we have faith, we have a good basis for hope. We have every reason, we who have faith to live every single day with hope. You can have hope, Christian. I think that's the overall meaning of Romans 8, verse 24. Now, looking at the text again, at a couple of the words here, I read, For in this hope we're saved. What hope? This Points to exactly the things that were being talked about in the preceding verses. Heaven ahead. Now, we talked about all of that this morning, so I'll leave it go, other than to come back to it in a minute. But the apostle is giving facts in Romans 8, 18 to 25, and saying, These facts give us good reason for hope. Not our feelings, but these facts. Now, let me try to work that out a little bit, if I can. What are the facts? Try four of them. The first is the instrument panel, if I can go back to the illustration of the airplane. Our instrument panel is the Bible itself. We, who know the Bible, are trained in the instrument that brings faith to us start there within that Bible the central person is Jesus Christ right and Jesus Christ did things his humiliation for instance and exaltation that give us a basis for faith he came into this world incarnate, born of the Virgin Mary, you confessed it earlier, suffered, died. He did all of that as our substitute for our justification, which is the point of the whole book of Romans, really. Uh, One subject, justification, over and over again, different points of view on it. Uh, It's like someone, if you owe a big debt, paying off the debt. Uh, that's what Jesus did to justify us he paid our sin debt that's a fact and because of that fact of justification Romans 8 comes to describe that as no condemnation I emphasize this morning and I'm going to say again for about one minute no one can condemn you if Christ justified you not the devil or the demons in spite of all of their schemes gimmicks and whatever they might try to use if you're a depressed person you might feel unjustified but your depression can't unjustify you and your depression can't condemn you and no other human can bring you under condemnation and no set of things that go wrong can condemn you and you will not face condemnation after you die Before the judgment seat of God or anything, judgment is positive for the Christian because of justification, no condemnation in Christ. And furthermore, when we're in Christ, it's like being in the car. Christ's exaltation, he arose from the dead, we will too. He ascended to heaven, we will too. He sits at the Father's right hand. We shall see God as he is and all of that stuff, see? So if you've got the facts, start with the instrument, the Bible, and the central person, Jesus. You still have to deal with this, and the text mentions it, Hope is not the same thing as sight. Neither is faith, by the way. There's a Bible text that says we live by faith, not by sight. And the apostle is saying, you heard it in our text, that hope is as yet unseen. We must not make hope into that which we already see. Hope will bring us to that which the Bible promises us we will see. Now... If someone says, well, I'd like a witness, Uh, after all, I'm the kind who says, prove it to me. Okay. Remember Stephen, the first martyr? They stoned him. He had this view of heaven with Christ at the right hand of the Father. He was a sane, sober man. His hope had a vision of what was ahead when the reality would come. What about the Apostle Paul? Damascus Road. I mean, he was no friend of Christians, and he certainly was not looking for a kind of a Christian hope of Christ in heaven. And there on the road to Damascus, he was confronted by God, by the risen Christ. Why are you persecuting me, Saul? See? So there are two people who had hope. And you may be sure that after they had their views of heaven, their hope was only increased. And you may rely on their reliable witnesses, on them as reliable witnesses. So what we have when the apostle breaks into this verse about hope is the Bible, the instrument panel, the work of Christ, humiliation, exaltation, The testimony of at least a couple of sound, sober witnesses, not even to mention things like uh, the transfiguration and stuff like that. And then in Romans 8, you have the apostle at the beginning of the chapter saying, no condemnation to God's people forever and ever. And then in verse 2, the Apostle goes into the Holy Spirit and ten great works the Holy Spirit does. Hope here is number nine. And just before going on the subject of hope, the Apostle told us what we looked at this morning. And that was heaven ahead, where we'll be with people in a wonderful place with many perfections, and even praise the God whom we'll have a vision of. Now that was all very real to Paul. I wish this time of year were just more real to us, and we, we had a little bit of more sensitivity to what's going on in the exaltation than many do today. But when you've got the point of Romans 8, No condemnation. And on top of it, the Holy Spirit to help us. And helps us in these ten ways that Romans 8 mentions. And way number eight. Heaven ahead. No wonder that the apostle just breaks out again and talks about hope. He himself knew that hope very close from his Damascus Road experience. And he's saying here, folks... Hope is a fact. Base your hope on fact. Now I hope what I've helped you to do tonight in a way is very simple. It took me a lot of years to learn it. But I must not define Christian hope. I'm repeating myself, but you've got to get it. Based on feelings, I must base my hope On facts and when I base my hope on facts then things are in place for me to have hope for today hope for tomorrow hope for every day ahead in my life and also the hope of heaven now go on to point three with me a minute if we base our hope more on feelings, we can actually end up hopeless. Glad I was the only one home when this occurred to me. But the word hope today, I mean, I I said it right out loud. Today the word hope means hopeless. Would have sounded like I was, I don't know, a little bit. Uh, touched or something, but I did say that out loud because it was something that finally got through to me. If we base our hope on mere feeling, we could very well end up hopeless. What do I mean by that? What might happen when we base our hope on feeling is that we might have a false hope that leaves us hapless, helpless, and hopeless And even worse, heavenless. Hope based on feeling is not the same thing as Christian hope. Here's what I mean by that. There is all around us what I would call a pseudo-Christianity. I've dealt with it often. People say things like, God approves my quitting church. God approves my worshipping on the golf course on Sunday. Both of those contradict what the Bible says. It's feeling-based hope, based on someone's opinion. I've heard things like, God wants to make me happy, healthy, and wealthy. Well, wonderful. But he doesn't always do so. And if your feeling of hope is, God will make me happy and tragedy comes, that's not Christian hope, and if your feeling of hope is I will become wealthy, and that doesn't happen, hope can turn to hopelessness. And if you reject God and say, well, I'm going to just have hope, and that will lead me to be whatever I want, you might not even end up in heaven. There's a kind of what can I call it, pseudo-Christianity or psychological Christianity, I think positively, I can do. I talked to you about that once, Norman Vincent Peale, best-selling book in the 50s, Power of Positive Thinking. The essence of Peale was, knock the tea off the can, I can. And I'll be the first to say we need those kind of positive thinkers in our church. I hope you are one. But mere positive thinking isn't the same thing as Christianity and it isn't a good basis for hope. Um, You just get Pollyanna kind of optimism, wishful thinking, even guesses everything will work out good. And so that's why I say that hope based on mere feeling can lead to false hope and lead you to be hapless, helpless, hopeless, and even if you're a non-Christian, heavenless. That dictionary definition of hope, a feeling that all will end well. You sense what a weak, weak definition that is of hope and yet how prevalent that thinking is in our times. And so that leads me to the fourth and last point that I would like to make. And that's that hope based on Facts. That's Christian hope. Hope based on facts leads to real hope. Not pseudo-hope, but real hope. And results in you leading a life that can be happy and helped. And full of hope. As your heavenward bound. Let me take just a couple of minutes, got got the minutes tonight, let me take a couple of minutes to try to uh, elaborate on that a little bit. Hope based on facts, biblical facts, can lead to real hope and leave you happy, helped, hopeful, and heaven bound. The apostle in Romans 8 again, if we can go back there to our verse says, well, verse 25 adds a thought we'll only touch on briefly. But if we hope for that which we do not yet have, remember that hope is not the same thing as sight, neither is faith. If we hope for that which we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. That means that with fact-based Christian hope, You can wait, and even wait through hard times and down times. You can wait for the time when your hope will become sight. And not only can you wait, you can wait patiently. In Romans 8, the Apostle Paul, after he mentions hope, He goes from these facts about heaven ahead to hope, we can have hope, and then what he's saying to us is hope as you wait and hope in patience. And then the next thought, if I can lead you forward, many of you know Romans 8, is that the Apostle Paul mentions again the Holy Spirit the tenth and last thing he does for us. And that's a rather incredible thing. So here we are, waiting in hope, patiently. And then the apostle adds, the Spirit, this is verse 26, helps us in our weakness. We can have hope even in weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for. Our prayers are inadequate in many ways, in other words. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings that words cannot express. And so as we wait patiently and hope, we have a God in heaven who sends out his Holy Spirit. This morning we mentioned the Holy Spirit is activated on our behalf. And that Spirit goes out from the throne where we have Father and Son and returns to the throne with our prayers made more perfect and presentable and proper to God and serves us as well as serves Father and Son. What a wonderful thing. Now, life is not going to be easy all of the time. But if your hope is based on facts and you understand the apostles' way of arguing here in Romans 8, from facts to hope to God's help, What a wonderful thing it is, and what a wonderful encouragement to us to hope. And then not only so, after the apostle mentions that the Holy Spirit helps us in our prayer lives, he goes on to that great statement, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. That's the conclusion of the ten works of the Holy Spirit and then the apostle goes on with seven applications in question form that we won't go into but the great statement in those applications i would give you tonight is that um, yeah let me look it up to get it word for word here romans eight at the end here um let's see in all these things we are it's verse 37 More than conquerors through him who loved us. Now put all of that together. And you, Christian, have every reason to go out tomorrow with hope. You have every reason to live the rest of your life filled with hope. Now not all is going to work out well. It isn't good Christian theology to say you will live happily ever after. That's a fairy tale ending. That's not Christianity. Many of us won't live happily ever after. We'll have our hardships, our trials, our struggles, our illnesses, our reverses. It's probably true that every single one of us at some time is going to have some major negative happen. For many of you, it already has. And if your hope is based only on your own feelings, you're in trouble. Because your feelings are flighting, as the saying goes, and a hope based on mere feelings may fly away and lower you into hopelessness. But if your hope is not based on feelings, but on the facts about God, Bible, Christ, testimony of Stephen and Paul, point of Romans 8, you have reason to hope no matter what. That's the point of the text. And so I want to say to you tonight, Christian, in conclusion, and I'll conclude with this. Have hope. In good times and bad, no matter what. That's godly Christian hope. Let's pray. Our God and Father in heaven. Thank you for Romans eight, where the Apostle just moves forward with everything the Holy Spirit does for your people, including heaven and now hope, which can give us happiness and more than happiness. Help from the Holy Spirit, through the Father, Son, through the Spirit does with our prayer lives all working for good, help with the result that we can live every day with hope and have heaven ahead, the greatest hope of all. Amen.